Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative to this guy for wisdom. Well, I'll say this again, and I've said this before. Every episode seems to be the most important episode I've done. This episode is no exception. You don't want to miss it. Uh, look, <clears throat> we're going to discuss Biden. He went to Israel. He's done. He's back. We'll talk about what happened there. We'll talk about the speaker race. This is breaking this morning. Jim Jordan's is effectively dropping out. I'll explain that. So it looks like the rhinos have won. I mean, I am trying to be exuberant and enthusiastic with my tone today and my voice because there's not a lot of good news. So I'm trying to trick you, if you will, in some capacity with my exuberance sharing the bad news. Uh, October 18th, October 18th, forget uh, J6, it's now about 1018. 1018, a day that will live in infamy the most dangerous threat to our democracy, our citadel of liberty since the Civil War, or since J6, as a matter of fact. Sidney Powell, she's a turncoat. We have the Democrat strategy now unfolding before our eyes in real time to get Trump and stick him behind bars. RFK Jr., he's in, he's you know running as an independent. And uh, I'm going to tell you what that means. I, I, I don't think that it's... Uh, <clears throat> good for, for Trump. You know, I, I, I've got a lot of negative things to say about RFK Jr. Sorry if you thought he was a, a great guy. Anyway, you know, I, as, as I tell you, oh, here's what we're talking about this episode. I was just thinking, this is unrelated. I'm just trying to avoid talking about some of this, to be honest, right now for just a moment. But I actually, when I, when I occasionally have tuned into other people's podcasts in the past, you know, they all open this way, right? With, uh, I'm not trying to mimic anybody, by the way. I just, there's a lot to get to, and I want you to know what's happening today. But, you know, I listen to these podcasts, Captain, and they always start out this way, like, oh, number one, we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to talk about this. And I always think, you guys are so boring. People listen to these podcasts, and I'm doing it. And I was thinking to myself, too, can I do this? And it come across differently. You know, Captain, how two people can say the exact same thing, but one just has a better way of delivery, or they have a different talent. And so they can do the exact same thing, and they're actually interesting while the other one's boring. Or is it just, Captain, that every show that opens like this is really, truly boring? I don't know. I don't know. You'll be the judge. Maybe I just lost my whole audience. All these two years of gathering thousands of people that listen, and they're all gone like that, up in smoke, because I open my show like these other boring hosts out there. All right, look. Uh, Biden, you know, look, his work is done. Biden, our savior, you know, you thought it was Barack Hussein Obama, you know, the savior, the Messiah. No, 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 it's actually Joe Biden. He got it done. That's what Joe Biden said. Have you heard? Yeah, I mean, he went to Israel and he's back. I mean, he, I, I guess he he spent just a little bit more time in Israel than he did uh, in Hawaii. He certainly spent more time in Israel than he did in East Palestine, Ohio. I'll tell you that right now. But that's a low bar because, of course, he didn't go to East Palestine, Ohio. Still hasn't been. But uh, he got it done. Captain, what did what did Joe Biden get done? I, I'm asking myself. I'm trying to figure what what is it exactly? How many American hostages have come back home? Oh, zero. Z I have not really seen the media talk about this, Captain. And 
If you watched or listened to Joe Biden in Israel, you wouldn't know that there were any U.S. hostages in Gaza because he did not mention them one time that I saw or that I heard. But I think the Hamas terrorists took something like 200 hostages. They have 200 hostages. And among those are 12, are 12 or 13 Americans. And so while I very much care about Israel and I very much care about their hostages, I am an American. And so I want to know what the H-E double hockey sticks is going on with our people. Where are the Americans? What is the U.S. plan to get our people back as well? Well, there doesn't appear to be one. Or if there was one, you know, let, let, me, let me do it this way. So Joe Biden got it done in Israel, he said. Now let's go through what he actually did get done. Well, he doxed our Delta Force troops. Did you hear about this one? So the Zoomers running the White House social media accounts, you know, the Hamas supporting recent Harvard graduates that can't be hired by law firms anymore. Well, they're apparently all working in the Biden administration. And so, you know, these, uh, you know, 22, 23 year olds, I don't know this for certain, but I'm just kind of making a point here. But the, uh, the kids running the White House social media, they posted a photo of Joe Biden in the room shaking hands with our Delta Force troops. Our special ops that are there ostensibly to go and perform an operation to get back U.S. and maybe even Israeli hostages. Why? By, by doxed, I mean their faces were published publicly on White House social media accounts for hundreds of thousands of people to see. And it stayed there online for a couple of hours until somebody alerted them that this might be a problem and they pulled it down. But that exists forever. Can you imagine, Captain? I, I don't know if you know this. I think that you do because you're smart, but I would just say this in a impolite way for the liberals out there that may be listening or aren't listening. But it's relatively important that the identities of Delta Force and other special forces troops aren't made public. You don't want the enemy or anyone knowing. Yeah, pull it up, Captain. He's got the image. So someone else went in and added the black rectangle to eliminate the faces of these American heroes. But this photo, you have to imagine, was up for a couple of hours, and it wasn't like this. You could see all of their faces. I mean, th this... The number of catastrophes the number of mistakes made by this administration. I mean, there's too many to count. And we've lost all perspective. But I mean, this is a big deal. We, we live in an era, unfortunately, under such foolish leadership and irresponsibility that we've become numb to so many of these things. But this alone is a massive, massive mistake. These people are there prepared to go in and carry out some, you know, secret operation to get American troops, I mean, to get American civilians 
to go and kill Hamas. And you have the administration that ahead of any of, oper- any of these operations being carried out, well, the White House publishes their faces and their identities. Unbelievable mistake. So, yes, he got it done. He doxed our troops. He lectured the Israelis. Now, he went over there and, I mean, he was, he was largely incoherent. The ship has sailed. We knew this long ago, but there's nothing upstairs with Joe Biden anymore. Uh, the guy's brain dead, and I don't, I don't know how much longer he'll live. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I mean, this guy's, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, if, if this was your own grandfather, you'd be sitting around every night being like, man, I don't know how many more days this guy has to live. You know, you'd, you'd be trying to find medical care to, 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 to see what you could do to keep his brain functioning because he doesn't remember your name. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what day it is. And this guy's over there. And, and you know, there was this picture, Captain, I saw of, uh, well, it wasn't a picture. It was a video. Joe Biden, of course, was on Air Force One. I believe he was in Germany at the time. This was yesterday or whatever. You know, there's a time change. But he's being asked questions by the media on Air Force One. He's rambling, embarrassing the United States of America, projecting weakness, showing everyone that we don't have a leader and that he's just a figurehead. And you can see Secretary of State Antony Blinken behind him in a door frame, poking his head out. And to me, that image said everything. Joe Biden's not in charge of anything. It's all these shadows behind him that are responsible for everything. And he gets shoved out there as the faux figurehead. While the snakes connive in the background. And that's it. Joe Biden is the vessel of the worst, worst, worst of American politicians and bureaucrats and so on and so on. Yeah, you've got it. You know, yeah. I mean, if Captain pulls it up. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. There he is. Does that picture not say a thousand words, Captain? Joe Biden being interviewed and behind him like a snake, like his shadow, is Tony Blinken. Who's making sure that he's carrying out and doing what Obama wants him to do. That's really what it comes down to. So what else did Biden get done in Israel? Well, he announced that he's going to reward Hamas for kidnapping Israelis and American uh, citizens and for slaughtering over a thousand innocent people, beheading children. No, you, you think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. He is funding terrorism. I don't know, Captain, that Iran is the greatest sponsor of terrorism anymore. I think it might be the Democratic Party. I think it's the United States of America. I want to remind you something, remind you, I want to remind you something, I want to remind you of something in just a moment. And uh, you know what, first, actually, Captain, cue up cut one, (laughs) there it is, that's perfect. Obama coming out of his head with a zipper. That's brilliant, you know, I don't have that kind of skill set, that's great. Well, I guess you just put something over the head. Anyway, cue up cut one, Captain. So this is what Joe Biden got done, a short clip. Go ahead and play it. Today, I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. 
This money will support more than 1 million displaced and conflict-affected Palestinians, including emergency needs in Gaza. <coughs> does he, does, do they think that we are stupid, Captain? Well, I mean, the, uh, many Democrats are very stupid, unfortunately. Wh- where do you think this money, $100 million, is going to go? Oh, yes, it's going to go to the, who runs Gaza and the West Bank? It's Abbas. It's Hamas. They run the government. Do you think that money's going to go in to help the local Palestinians on the ground that are being held hostage themselves by Hamas? Do you think that money's not going to go to Hamas? Is this some kind of joke? Is this a sick joke? Hamas is responsible singularly for this so-called humanitarian crisis. It is Hamas that sent terrorists paragliding illegally into the border of Israel to slaughter a thousand plus innocent people at a music festival and then sent those terrorists into the kibbutz, the neighborhoods as they're called, a kibbutz is a neighborhood, to slaughter more innocent Israelis. And so... Israel responded by cutting off the water and so on and so forth to Gaza, which is where Hamas is holding the hostages and holding their own people hostage as well. And this could all end tomorrow if they would hand over the hostages. But of course, Hamas isn't doing that. They're not doing that. So you're going to then pay 100 million U.S. taxpayer dollars? To Hamas? Because of, to, to, to pay for what? I, do you understand this? Does this make sense to you, Captain? Why aren't we offering $100 million to uh, Russians who have been displaced by the war in Russia, Ukraine, huh? I mean, that's the ostensible enemy, right? So now we aid and abet the enemy? And, and I want to I wanna clarify something here because uh, I don't give a D-A-M-N. The gloves are off. Drew Allen is never going back to any political correctness, not that I ever was. But I am the millennial minister of truth, and therefore I have a responsibility to give it to you like it is. I am sick and tired of this talking point from pro-Hamas sympathizers in the Democrat Party elsewhere. I see you scumbags in social media. I see you scumbags in my Instagram. I see you scumbags everywhere taking the side of Hamas, even if you don't say it precisely like that. But I'm sick of this talking point that Joe Biden went and repeated saying Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people. Now he goes over there to justify $100 million, which we don't have, to give to Hamas, saying the people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter, as he stressed that Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. It doesn't? Okay, you know, let's just look at World War II. I think that's a nice one we can always go back to because I think nobody really disagrees except the Jew haters that are making themselves known now that that was a pretty uh, righteous war, correct? I think it's pretty clear. U.S. was good. France was good. The axis of evil was bad. We were fighting on the good side. We won the war. It was good for everyone. 
right? I think that's clear. Can you imagine, Captain, making this statement after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and saying, you know what? We really shouldn't respond with aggression. We really shouldn't do anything because, you know, after all, the kamikazes that killed Americans and, bu and bombed Pearl Harbor, they don't represent the Japanese people. Or, or how about this? The Nazi government, the Nazi party themselves, you know, they don't represent the German citizens. They don't represent the German civilians. No, it's absolutely stupid. And that's what this is too. Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people. Okay. Okay, so what are we supposed to do? We just, so we just don't do anything, right? Uh, it's the government. It's the government. It, you know, yeah, sure, there's Palestinians that are actually, you know, those are the terrorists that are recruited in Hamas. But I, I don't know. I mean, I could go on making this point for like an hour. I'm not going to do it anymore. But, but is this clear, Captain? How stupid this point is? I mean, what's the point of saying Hamas doesn't represent? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that Hitler was uh, every single uh, uh, German, but it was the German people that were recruited into the army and we were fighting a war against a country. So unfortunately, in the real world that we live in, unlike the left, this is how it works. And you know what? The Palestinian people, you know, why don't they have a uh, American revolution? A little Palestinian revolution. You know, if they, want, if they have a problem with this, why don't they rise up and depose Hamas, huh? Oh, oh. So anyway, so we're going to send 100 million. Now, I, I, I'm telling you, we are terrorists right now. We're rewarding Hamas. And Joe and this administration and the Democrat Party and the media are depending upon you being an idiot to continue to pull this. Now, cue up cut two, Captain. Drew Thomas Allen, the Millennial Minister of Truth, and all his brilliance. I recalled an episode that I did in 2022. In fact, what's the date on this, Captain? It says July 12th, 2022. This is this show, this podcast, this is me over a year ago talking about Joe Biden doing this crap already. And what you're going to hear is me explaining how Joe Biden and this administration have already funded Hamas. We have already paid you know, I talked about yesterday how three million some odd dollars were being paid out to um, the families of the Hamas terrorists that may have lost their lives or whatever else in this unconscionable murder of innocent civilians at the music festival. Hamas and Abbas, they have a fund established to pay them. And Joe Biden filled the coffers of that very fund last year. So I want to be very clear. I don't want to mince my words. The Democrat Party and Joe Biden are funding Hamas. They're funding Iran. We, the United States of America, under the Joe Biden administration and, and previously the Obama administration and under the Democrat Party, we are the greatest sponsors of terrorism in the world. Go ahead and play me uh, last year, Captain. Cut to go. So Biden uh, is going to a Palestinian hospital in East Jerusalem, 
and he's pledged a uh, hundred million to two hundred million, depending on what the reporting is, in U.S. aid. Now they're saying this is a slap at Israel. It absolutely is. I don't know why he's going to East Jerusalem. I don't know why he doesn't go to the Gaza Strip to Gaza and sit down with Hamas themselves because that's where this money's going to go. So he's going to give our taxpayer dollar. This is so tone deaf too, right? So, so typical of Joe Biden, right? The American people can't afford gas, can't afford groceries, whatever else, but he's going to go and give our money away to the Palestinian Authority. How much of that $100 million or $200 million of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars that we could really use right now to pay for our own expenses that have gone up due to this administration's <coughs> policies, how much of that money is going to go towards the Palestinian Authority Martyr Fund? Yeah, that's right. The Palestinian Authority, they've established, have had established for a long time, the Palestinian Authority Martyr Fund. That's the fund that pays out monthly cash stipends to families of Palestinians who are killed, injured, or imprisoned while carrying out politically motivated attacks against Israel. Terrorism. That's what it is. The Palestinian Authority Martyr Fund encourages terrorism, promises terrorists who attack Israel that that they will give money to the families of those injured, killed, or imprisoned while carrying out those terrorist attacks. We're being robbed. Our money's being sent to our enemies. That's globalism. Our oil from the strategic reserves, that's being sent. So anyway, so that was a year ago. Stolen elections have consequences. And this is what we're witnessing right now. This isn't some happenstance that all this is happening right now. This is because the Democrat Party is responsible for it. They're creating these circumstances. They're fomenting this revolution, if you will, in the Middle East. We're paying for it. Your tax dollars are paying for this. The, the, the Democrat Party is no friend to Israel. This is unbelievable to me. And so now we're going to reward them again. And I mentioned this yesterday. I'll mention it one more time before we move on. But you're going to see this more and more. Just pay attention to the media. You heard it from me. I'm explaining it now. You're going to see this immense effort to tie aid to Israel with aid to Ukraine. This is very convenient for the Biden administration and the rhinos who are compromised, who want to launder more money in Ukraine for their own reasons. What was happening in the Republican Party and what was happening in the nation at large? People were really souring on support, unlimited financial support to Ukraine. People were sick of it. Finally, a stand was being made to put a stop to it. And this speaker race debacle, what's going on, is going to tie directly into that. Because Jim Jordan was somebody who ostensibly, this is the word of the day, I guess, was going to put a stop to it. And so now with Israel, they want to pretend like Israel and Ukraine are the same. That our interests in the two are the same. 
that the wars are the same. They're both holy and justified. And so they'll say, well, we need to, so it won't be, hey, we need another 100 million to Ukraine. It'll be, hey, we need 600 million to Israel and Ukraine and the southern border. And they think they're going to fool you and trick you and pull the emotional heartstrings to convince you that they have some other agenda now. So just get ready. Our pockets are being robbed. And you should be very upset. All right. Well, I, I, I woke up this morning at 5.30 a.m. to do pre- preparation for the show. And I was ready to talk about Jim Jordan. I was ready to talk about the speaker race and uh, it broke that Jim Jordan was effectively dropping out of the race. Now, I've never heard of something like this happening before. This is new to me, what their plan is, and it's not a plan. It's a plan to empower the Democrats. So you have a guy named McHenry. What's his first name? I don't remember. But anyway, McHenry, he's a Republican. And the plan now, so let let me do it this way first. There's a lot to chew on here. Jim Jordan went two rounds and dropped out. That's what, that's what he did. He dropped out. <clears throat> now they can say, <clears throat> I'm sorry for the cough again. What am I supposed to do? So Jim Jordan is saying, okay, and I, I, I don't mean to attack Jim Jordan. That's, that's not my point, okay? He's not the bad guy in this. It's going to sound like I'm attacking him just the way this is coming together. I'm not, okay? Jim Jordan's not my foe. It's the rest of the rhinos that are. And so Jim Jordan is going to allegedly pursue the speakership still and try and build a bigger coalition while they move to give McHenry the power of the speakership without actually electing him speaker. So let me get this straight, Captain. The Republicans are incapable of electing a speaker. But they're going to give speaker powers to someone that isn't going to be elected speaker. Do you understand how stupid this is? How absurd this is? So, okay. No, no, no. Let's, we're, we're not going to elect a speaker. We can't agree on a speaker. So we're just going to give the speaker powers which still requires a vote, to McHenry. This is such a farce. They think we're stupid. I'm not stupid. I'm not buying this crap. I know exactly what they're doing. They want the the gravy train rolling for Ukraine still. They want to oppose Trump. They want to weaken the Republican Party. They do not want a strong front to the Democrat Party. They don't want a strong alternative. They just want the Uniparty to live on in perpetuity. And, you know, 217 is the magic number, right? 217 votes is what was needed to approve the speaker. 
to elect and not elect the speaker for Jim Jordan to win the speaker. Two seven. Now, normally that number is two eighteen. But you have a Democrat and a Republican in the House of Representatives who resigned not long ago. So in light of that, the number's 217. Now, Republicans have 221 seats and Democrats have 212 seats. So Republicans have a very, very slim majority in the House of Representatives. So Republicans could only afford to lose four votes if they wanted to elect the Speaker. That is, if the Democrats held strong and all 212 voted for Hakeem Jeffries, which is what they did every single time. So Democrats have a strong, unified front and opposing Republicans, and Republicans want to join with the Democrats. We can't get our act together. So anyway, I'll just read a little bit of this to give you the, a little bit more understanding I, this could be, have I, I don't know when this is going to happen. It's Thursday. Um, wh- one thing I was going to say, though, for perspective, and you can make of this what you will. I'll give my opinion in a moment. But let's just look at the facts. McCarthy went 15 rounds. There were 15 rounds of voting that McCarthy endured before he was named Speaker. Before he won it. 15 rounds. He was wheeling and dealing behind closed doors to get it done. And Jim Jordan, he went two rounds and has given up. As I said, make of that what you will. Now, it's not Jim Jordan's fault, per se, but it just shows you the resolve of the rhinos versus the resolve of the conservatives. And obviously, the takeaway from this is Jim Jordan realizes there's no chance in hell he's going to win. In fact, the second vote, he got fewer votes than he did the first time. And, you know, I actually, I didn't mean to get into this. I'm, I, we, have to, we have to talk about this now, Captain. Let me preface this way. I despise the Republican Party. Despise them. I am so frustrated that given my understanding, which you share listening, of the gravity of the situation in America right now, the serious stakes, what is at stake? The loss of our republic, the loss of our future, The loss of our security, our safety, our prosperity, our country is at stake as it has never been in U.S. history. And we do not have a political party that exists to save the country. We are a bunch of desperate American citizens and patriots without recourse, without a political party to represent our will, without a political party to fight for us. And there are many people, many of you listening right now, who are thinking about a third party again, real hard. You think 
It's time to move on. The Republican Party is done. It's doomed. The only option now is to form a third party. And I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. That's political suicide still. We have a two-party system. Now, I'll tell you what the solution is, and you're not going to like the solution either. Because the solution's going to mean that you have to get off your AWS and change the way you live your life. The problem we have in the Republican Party is that the people that we elect, the people that the party chooses for us and puts before us, that are chosen for us, they're not conservative. It's rigged. They're Democrats. So what's the solution? We have to get involved in an intimate way with the selection process. We have to get involved in the machinery of politics in America. We can't sit here anymore and let the party apparatus apparatus choose our candidates, vet them for us, and shove them down our throats and put them on a ballot and say, vote for a Republican. That doesn't work anymore. We can't sit here anymore and just take it for granted and say, well, we sent a Republican to Washington, D.C. And what happens when they get to Washington, D.C.? Who are they sitting down with and meeting with? Who are they having dinners with? Who's buying them off? Who's corrupting them? Which Chinese spy like Feng Feng's coming in and banging one of the Republicans? The problem is this country's so big, so massive, we're so busy, we have to work harder and harder for less and less in terms of monetary compensation, everything else, thanks to policy, thanks to uh, a stupid, uh, irresponsible spending by Democrats and Republicans in Washington, D.C., that we don't have time anymore for politics. We don't have time to invest ourselves in the process. We don't have time to really be patriotic except for superficial things. Oh, I listen to Dan Bongino. Hoorah, hoorah. Dan's got me riled up. Well, what are you doing after you listen to Dan? Nothing. Squat. Dan can't do anything. I'm not attacking Dan. Same, same here, though. You know, it's like, you listen. What? And look, that challenges for me, too. I'm not sitting here like, you know, some preacher slapping you on the wrist saying, oh, you're not doing enough. I've got to figure out ways to do more, too. Right? I mean, all of us. I mean, me sitting here doing this podcast is not enough. I'll be the first to admit it. And I am doing more behind the scenes and so on and so forth. But there's still more to do. But this is the problem. So, so and here's the fallacy, right? It's kind of like the Trump fatigue syndrome, Captain, where people think, Trump's the problem instead of the media and Democrats and rhinos. Oh, if I just go with DeSantis, all our problems will go away. Just got to go with DeSantis. No, no, it's, it's, that's not the solution. You got to fight. You got to fight. The media is not going to change. The Democrats aren't going to change. They're going say, to say the same thing about every Republican. And it's the same thing here. So what? You, you, okay, let's start a third party, Captain. Huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. How many years is it going to take for it to be formidable? In the meantime, how many elections are the Democrats going to win? How many Supreme Court seats are they going to take? How much are they going to change election law? How much are they going to fundamentally alter the Constitution and everything else? How many more seats are they going to put on uh, you know, district courts, other courts around the nation, so we don't have a fighting chance in hell? That's not the option. 
Because, okay, let's say we even started a third party and it was amazing and thriving. You think the same thing that happened to the Republican Party is not going to happen to the next party? So I, 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 I don't want to condemn your feelings. I want to condone them. I, I, I feel the same way as you. I am so fed up. I'm so frustrated. At times, I am at a loss. I don't know what to do. We send these people to Washington, D.C., and they stab us in the back. This Don Bacon guy and all these losers. But what do you do about it? I, I don't I don't run for office. Parachute into those districts. Primary them. I mean, th- th- this is what has to be done. I mean, it is a war to win back the Republican Party. And it's never gonna change. Because the forces that want to enfeeble the Republican Party to pursue this uniparty agenda, which is not benefiting any American, they're not going away. They're going to try and enfeeble anything we do. So it's, it's up to us to get our acts together. It's up to us to take a greater interest and, and have a greater involvement in the process. So a third party, believe me, I wish we could do it. I wish we could do it. I would love to have another party that represented us. But it's not realistic. It's, it, 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 it fulfills some kind of emotional need to just say, screw you. Here's the middle finger after all you've done, you Republicans. But the best thing we can do is to isolate these people, pick them out one by one, remember their names based on what they're doing now, opposing Jordan and all these other actions they take where they show their true colors to us, that they're really Democrats and they hate America. And it's to make sure that their political futures are over. So, you know, what we lost right now with the speaker. This is, this is, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is a huge loss. It is a punch in our face. And, I mean, I'm hopeful, you know, I'll keep reporting on this. I'll study this. I'm hopeful things change. But the, the Democrats love McHenry. And what does that tell you? Everything, right? McHenry has like a 48 or 42% liberty score. You know, if you read the left-wing media talk about McHenry, they love him because he didn't challenge the election results. That's his claim to fame. He was ready to just immediately sign off on Joe Biden. So he's one of them. He's going to do what the Democrats want. And, you know, the, the, the Democrats, of course, are hoping that, because, like I said, so now it's flipped, right? So the media and the rhinos are doing everything in their power to make this the go-to strategy now, right? So Jim Jordan's done. They want to make that clear. They're never going to vote for him. Stalemate, if you will. And so now they're, they're all going behind this McHenry effort. And they want to give him the speaker powers. So now you're going to have to, and Jim Jordan is supporting this, by the way. I mean, I, I, my mind is just blown right now, Cap. I mean, I just, but Democrats are going to get something out of this now. 
I think it's worth mentioning again, the Republicans have the majority in the House of Representatives. We, we, we understand, we're on the same page right here, Captain. Like theoretically, we don't need anything from the Democrats because we have the majority. It may be a slim majority, but it's a majority. And so Republicans could do anything they want. They could pass legislation. I mean, it has to go to the Senate. I understand how this process works. But my point is, they ha we have the chamber. It's ours. 221 to 212. And Republicans can't put Jordan in there? What's the problem with Jordan? What has Jordan done to hurt conservatives, Captain? Anything? No. No. And of course, you know what this is. We in this audience and the majority of the Republicans in this country that are fed up with Washington, D.C., we support Jim Jordan. So what's the message to us? F you. You have no power and we don't care what you want. Yeah, you sent us to be your representatives in Washington, D.C., but we don't give a flying flip because we're crooked. So I, I just, not good news. <clears throat> meanwhile, meanwhile, <clears throat> while Republicans can't get their act together here and the rhinos claim a scalp, we had an insurrection at the Capitol. October 18th, never forget that day. You know what the difference is in October 18th and January 6th, Captain? Oh, the media coverage. That's it. That's it. You realize what a farce January 6th was? You were sold a complete bill of lies. Because the media covered it that way. They played some scary music. And they showed you some pictures. And they unanimously said, or using their best, you know, broadcasting voices, there's an insurrection at the Capitol. That's it. That's it. They called it an insurrection. That's, that's what made it an insurrection. It wasn't. But if January 6th was an insurrection, then October 18th was also an insurrection. And these people, I'm sure Merrick Garland is in the process right now of making sure these people get locked up for 22 years. Now, I'm sure you'll be shocked, as I was, to learn that the group that stormed the U.S. Capitol yesterday, on October 18th, they occupied, invaded, broke into uh, one of the office buildings. Well, they are a Soros-backed group. Soros-backed group. That, that's right. This is called the Jewish Voice for Peace. They infiltrated the Capitol, and they're funded by George Soros. And <clears throat> Representative Rashida Tlaib, the anti-Semitic, Jew-hating Nazi that is a disgrace and should be thrown out of Congress, well, she incited this insurrection. She spoke outside the Capitol on Wednesday, and she even issued a threat to the President of the United States, Joe Biden, saying, we will not forget. Now, there is no audio evidence of Rashida Tlaib telling these protesters to peacefully and patriotically make their voices heard, which is what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump, of course, also told people to go home 
But Rashida Tlaib wanted these people to storm the Capitol. She wanted this to happen. She orchestrated it. She led these people. <clears throat> and Jewish Voice, for, you know, they call themselves Jewish Voice for Peace. This is like the Inflation Reduction Act. It's just a play on words. There's no Jewish Voice for Peace here. These people don't represent the will of Israel. These are people who support Hamas. It's like being a Jew in, 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 in Germany and supporting the Nazi regime. Oh, yes. Jewish voices for peace in Germany. It's the same thing. So it's a fraud. And it's just another activist organization that supports civil unrest in the U.S. and supports terrorism. I mean... I. You have people that were put in prison for two decades who weren't even present at the Capitol on January 6th, accused of seditious conspiracy for belonging to the Proud Boys, for being a leader of the Proud Boys, even though they weren't even on the ground with the Proud Boys. Seditious conspiracy, 22, 24 years in prison. You have these people who committed the exact same offense and nothing will happen to them. Do you realize we live in a banana republic? Is it clear enough yet that there are two standards and they're different depending upon your political ideology or your activity? Is Rashida Tlaib going to be Is a grand jury going to be assembled in Washington, D.C., and uh, are they going to accuse Rashida Tlaib of inciting this? Are they going to try and put her in prison for the rest of her life for this? Are they going to demand that she resign from Congress for orchestrating this? <laughs> Here's what the Jews, Jewish Voice for Peace says. <clears throat> We refuse to stand by as the Israeli government commits genocide against Palestinians in Gaza. You realize the population of Gaza has like increased five times over the past several decades? Man, Jews are really bad at genocide, Captain. You know, usually with a genocide, you're trying to wipe out a population. I mean, Jews are familiar with genocide because after all, they're the victims of genocide. But man, for these Jews in Israel, for, for the population of of Gaza and the quote-unquote Palestinians to increase like this? Man, they're really doing genocide wrong. <coughs> Just unbelievable to me. So, you know, you, you, know you, you have people who've committed suicide because like this young man recently I talked about on the show, three years after he committed the crime of walking around inside the Capitol building, he walked through open doors like a lot of people, the FBI showed up at his door and arrested him three years later and charged him and he committed suicide. Do you think the FBI is going to show up and round up these people? <coughs> is there going to be an official terrorist watch list now? Are there pictures going to be posted? Is the FBI going to track down all these people that are on video camera in, you know, sitting in government property, which is the same thing? I mean, this is why 2024 is so important.
can't do this. Oh, meanwhile, though, while these people will face no consequences, uh, the Twitter influencer, who wasn't that big of an influencer, I mean, I, to me, Captain, 51,000 followers isn't that many. That's nothing. So Douglas Mackey, you may remember, he was 26 years old in 2015 when he posted on Twitter under the pseudonym Ricky Vaughn. I, I mean, the guy's, in my mind, he's a comedian. He posted memes telling Democrats they could vote for Hillary Clinton by sending a text message. He didn't rewrite laws. I mean, there's no crime committed here, but he's going to jail for seven months. And you know what they use for this? This is what the Democrats (coughs) are relying on. They're bastardizing old irrelevant laws put on the books to address things that don't even matter in US in the US right now. So in this case, in this case, um where is this? Oh, Mackey was prosecuted under the Ku Klux Klan Act that was enacted during the Reconstruction era. This is the period immediately following the Civil War. This is a law made in the 19th century because the KKK, which were Democrats, of course, were trying to prevent recently emancipated blacks from voting. And so they use this to accuse Mackey of being a KKK member with his meme. So... Let me ask who did more to interfere in an election here. Mackey with a 51,000 person following on Twitter who told the stupidest Americans they could vote by text message or Hillary Clinton and Obama and the Democrat Party and the DNC who invented the Trump-Russia collusion hoax and accused Trump of stealing the 2016 election with their fake dossier. Huh? Who's more dangerous? How about Joe Biden, who coordinated, colluded with the FBI and CIA and other intelligence officials in the quote unquote IC, you know, the intelligence community, to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, which proved that he was a crook and a criminal? Huh? Or how about now? Joe Biden and his administration directly coordinating these efforts by Jack Smith and the DOJ to jail the leading political opponent, Donald Trump. Huh? But Mackey's going to jail for seven months. Banana flipping republic. But don't worry, it gets better. It gets better. Sidney Powell, the lunatic, the lunatic, and Sidney Powell is a nut job, by the way. I'm no friend of Sidney Powell, and I'm especially no friend of Sidney Powell after what she's doing now. Sidney Powell is the person who, you know, I, it wasn't a crime, but, you know, Sidney Powell was the one who was kind of going off the wall talking about, I mean, she just wasn't very strategic. You know, we're trying to talk about real things, actionable things that we could do to resolve the stolen election of 2020. And she's talking about Venezuela interfering in the elections. You know what I mean? She didn't have it all together. 
Now, the reason I'm taking this kind of stance against Sidney Powell is because she has now agreed to try to put Trump in prison. So Sidney Powell, and this was the plan all along. This is why I was concerned with what they did in Georgia, using RICO laws, violations to go after these people, Trump and all these people. So now Sidney Powell did not work for the Trump campaign. They fired her ass in November of 2020. They fired her because she was too nutty for them. So she was working on her own. But they brought her into this massive lawsuit accusing, you know, Trump of stealing the 2020, trying to steal the 2020 election, reverse the outcome. So, for example, Rudy Giuliani put out this memo in 2020. Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. And Sidney Powell herself said, I agree with the statement today. I will represent we the people and seek the truth. I, t- I intend to expose all the fraud and let the chips fall where they may. Anyway, so it, uh, here's a New York Times headline, by the way. Trump team disavows lawyer who peddled conspiracy theories on voting. So, right, this is the reporting even from the left. They're acknowledging that Sidney Powell has been disavowed by the Trump campaign. And yet now, what is happening? Well, Sidney Powell, just like they did to General Michael Flynn at one point, they overcharged her, and with the legal fees and with the threat of jail time, she bent the knee. She caved. And so she copped a plea deal with the totalitarian, authoritarian Democrats and Fannie Willis. So she admitted to committing a crime that didn't happen. That's what happened here. So, you know, they they really stacked these charges. They were going to try and put her in jail for life, essentially. And so in exchange for uh, basically getting no prison time, she's going to testify against Donald Trump. She's going to testify against everyone else. In, the, in, in, in these cases. So she pled guilty to six misdemeanors in exchange for becoming a witness against Donald Trump. Do you understand what happened here? So she just, she just made this entire case. She gave it the air of legitimacy, which is what they desperately needed. This is illegitimate, the accusations. As I've said, the Democrats have done the same and even worse, if you will, than Donald Trump in previous elections. But they've done certainly, at a minimum, the same thing. And it's none of these things are crimes. But they used the legal machinery to force, to force this coward, Sidney Powell, (coughs) to admit guilt. And this is exactly what they did to Michael Flynn. He didn't commit a crime, but they threatened to go after his son. He didn't have any more money. He was bankrupt. And so in order to stop the federal government, which has unlimited resources from continuing to destroy his family, he pled guilty. But Michael Flynn pled guilty to a crime that wasn't committed because there wasn't a crime. 
And so Sydney Powell, they've done the same playbook here to her. She's pled guilty. And so now they're going to use this to say, well, we got her guilt. And so now she's going to testify against Trump in the future to a jury. You see where you just making sense, Captain? It's bullshit. That's what it is. Sorry. Sorry if you, you know, hate the cursing. I don't usually curse, but those words exist for a reason. And there's no other way to explain this than bullshit, which is what this is. All right, let's end on uh, RFK Jr. here. I've got actually good news I'll end on, but... Now, maybe some of you, if you've been listening to me, you didn't get bamboozled by RFK Jr. Who, you know, when it comes to vaccines, COVID, and Ukraine, we agree with him. Some of us do. Most of us do. People on the right tend to agree with him on those issues. Censorship. You know, he'd come out and, 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 yeah. I mean, when it's obvious what the decision is, he's been right. But he's, you know, RFK Jr., I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's looking more and more like he's part of the Biden plan for reelection. He's not some valiant hero. It looks more to me like he's a fraud. RFK Jr. copped out. The Democrat Party shunned him when he sought the nomination. They made it clear that there was no way in H-E double hockey sticks that RFK Jr. was going to be permitted, right? It was fixed. It was rigged, just like Bernie Sanders before with Hillary Clinton. No, no, no. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that you don't have a chance. So rather than just drop out of the race, RFK Jr. decided to run as an independent. RFK Jr. is not an independent. He's running as an independent, but RFK Jr. is a Democrat through and through. And it's a, he doesn't support nuclear energy. He supports uh, the banning fracking. He's all in on climate change. He says he believes in gun control personally, but wouldn't take people's guns away. Isn't that reassuring, Captain? Yes, yes, yes. I believe in censorship, but I would never censor. Anyway, minor technical difficulty. Anyway, I'm here. RFK Jr. is a Democrat through and through. Um, he's, 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 he's part of the problem. And people were drawn to him because it, it's, like, it's like Bill Maher. Bill Maher, you know, occasionally comes out and says things that make sense, but he's still a Democrat. You're going to vote for Bill Maher for president? You think he's going to? No. Same thing with RFK Jr. So RFK Jr. here. He has just announced that he supports reparations, which is an issue where, where Joe Biden himself has even dragged his feet on it. Now, why would, why would RFK Jr. announce his support for reparations? Now, not only is that obviously a stupid evidence that RFK Jr. is a nut job, a whack, a far leftist lunatic, but why is he announcing that now? And who is... RFK Jr. more than likely to take support away from. Who do you think, Captain? Do you think that RFK Jr. running is an independent? Do you think it benefits Joe Biden? Or do you think it benefits Donald Trump? It benefits uh, Biden. Bingo. Bingo. Now, 
It's been in the media some. We've seen some evidence of it, and the Democrats try to downplay it. <clears throat> but black support for Donald Trump seems to be rising, soaring even. And I want to be clear, and I've got a chapter in my book called Black Votes Matter. The Democrat Party cannot win elections without nearly unanimous black support. They're trying to change that with importing voters and so on. But right now, that's still the strategy. So if Donald Trump were to get 20% of the black vote, Joe Biden would lose. So here you have RFK Jr. now coming out as an independent and saying, I would give you reparations. I mean, it's a sick, sick, bottom-feeding, disgusting way to try and buy black votes. But that harms Trump. And I mean, he's a radical leftist. Uh, he says, Kennedy will reorient, it, reorient police to serve, not occupy black community. What? That's like a BLM talking point. He's pledged to undo the legacy of the 94 crime bill that disfavors African-Americans. We must set federal dollars aside to rebuild black infrastructure. Black-owned banks, businesses, hospitals, schools, and farms were targeted for destruction during the Jim Crow era, he says. So I'm very actually concerned about this RFK Jr. issue. And I'm not, not so sure... I don't know when this became part of the plan, if it's an official part of the plan and strategy right now, but it's a darn good one. And the wool's been pulled over all of our eyes uh, because, you know, it's, it's the independents that may be more inclined to vote for, uh, for RFK Jr. People who foolishly look and say, I've got Trump derangement syndrome and I hate the Democrat Party and I hate Biden. I just want a third option. So they throw the vote away. And it makes them feel good too, right? Because your person's never going to win anyway. So you don't claim responsibility for anything that happens in the future because you didn't vote for Biden and you didn't vote for Trump. Hey, I didn't vote for either of these guys. No, you got this lunatic elected or you didn't get Trump elected and you ruined the country because you voted for the third party candidate, the independent, who's not even an independent. I've never seen anything like this in my life, Captain. This is a big play by the Democrat Party, in my opinion. I'll get into this more as we go forward. But this is a problem. And the polling data, if you believe polls, seems to indicate that when RFK Jr. runs on a ballot as an independent, Joe Biden wins. All right, let me end on this. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. I did not, I either forgot this or I didn't know it, but the Reservoir Dogs director, amongst other great films, he lives, or he splits his time. Well, <clears throat> he intended to split his time between Tel Aviv and Los Angeles, but apparently since COVID, he's been living full-time in Israel with his wife. I didn't know he was married to this Israeli singer, Daniela Pick. They married in 2018, apparently, after meeting in Israel in 2009. And Tarantino says he loves the country. He says the, the Israeli people are really nice. They're very nice to him. And they seem to be excited that he's there living. And so he set up a home there in 2019. And then he never left when COVID hit. And I just want to say to Quentin Tarantino's credit, he visited a military base in Israel on last Friday to help boost their morale in the wake of the 
Palestinian attack. So look, I mean, I, I, I thought that was a nice thing to hear. He's far away from Hollywood, obviously being in Tel Aviv, and that can't be a popular situation or thing to do. And so my, my hat's off to Quentin Tarantino for showing solidarity. I mean, he lives there. He loves the people. I mean, and he supports them, it seems like to me. And so, you know, that, that was an encouraging thing to see. And hopefully that means a lot to the, to the people over there. All right, Captain. That does it for today's show. I think we do it in just over an hour, probably. But uh, you can hear me. I'm losing my voice. So I'm still, I'm still struggling here a little bit. But uh, it's it, amazing to be here again. Amazing to be here. And um, uh, I'll be back with you guys again soon. There won't be any more four-week four absences, I can tell you that. So anyway, God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. Until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of your writing. the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. hard conservative to this guy for wisdom.